So, last week, um, Shalice, you're back, returning champion. Thank you very much. Uh, I know it's been a long week for you already, but uh, thanks for coming back. Um, last week, I want to apologize about something. Oh. And it was... <laughs> Can we just state the date and time that Arnold Flowers is apologizing? Damn. <laughs> um, last week, we, we flew without a net. Yes. Which was fun and yes. interesting. Um, but, you know, we're back on script this week. Um, I think that and it, was, it was called out to me that in us flying without a net, I spoke a lot and mm. I didn't give you an opportunity to speak. So Sorry. I really hogged all the time. It was in the back of my head, but until somebody called it out to me. Um, so That's okay. again, I do apologize. We, we live and we learn. <laughs> um, so, you know, for the <clears throat> two of you, um, uh, this is the first time that I have both of you on here. Um, uh, people are probably saying, um, you know, why do you always have these two on here? Um, I, I would say that um, there's a certain demo that uh, has really gravitated to you guys. You guys have quite the fan base <laughs> um, or the fan club. But I wanted to um, actually quote something from somebody um, about the two of you. Uh, uh, so, says, I like Shalice and Khadija. They're both so smart, articulate, and emotionally mature, multi-layered, and funny. So, um, I, would, <laughs> I would say that um, as, as a whole, I've, I've heard that, not only from black women, but actually from non-black women. So, um, so thank you for, for being on and, and thank you for, for helping in terms of this. Um, so before I start, start, um, tomorrow is Mother's Day. Um, so I want to say a shout out to both of you who are raising fine sons. Thank you. And um, all of the women actually um, in my life who are raising fine sons. So you guys do a, a yeoman's job in terms of doing that. So. Um, uh, appreciate. Now, um, continuing at the Mother's Day, there is going to be a, a Mother's Day theme uh, that's going to be going on. And uh, apparently there's a versus on Sunday um, with SWV and Escape, which I think people have wanted this one for a while. Yeah. Um, me, I'm, I'm a neophyte, I would, I would say, as it relates to, to girl groups from this or women's groups from this standpoint. I would have probably, off the top of my head, said SWV in total. Like, that's just me. I'm just, you mm -hmm. have to make your face up. But, I, because I wasn't, I have probably heard more escape than, I'm more total than escape. So that's why, okay. for me personally. Okay. So, um, why don't we talk about what do we think is going to happen prior okay. to mm -hmm. who do we think is going to win? Um, and um, let's just go from there. Shalisha, I'll start with you. Um, I mean, I love both groups. I'll put that out there. Mm. They both um, have amazing songs. Um, but in this one, I think SWV is going to take it mm. without a doubt. Um, their catalog's a lot bigger. Um, sure. They've got, you know, more bangers, more recognizable songs. Um, but Escape, I think, you know, I think people are going to sleep on Escape and they're going to come with some surprises because they've got some really good songs as well. But right. SWV is going to take it. Um I and, and the thing about it is I almost want to watch this now. Now that I just mentioned that I don't know a lot of escape stuff, I almost want to watch it and not listen to their stuff right. and kind of see how much of it that I know. Khadija. Yeah. Um, I think that looking at these two groups, and even if you threw Total into that mix mm -hmm. and TLC, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. the battle with the producers. 
Yeah. Because yeah. SWV had a lot of Teddy Riley and other producers, but Escape was Jermaine Dupri's project. Yeah. Right. So I found that be- when you had the one mega producer, it, it kind of made a certain slant on a lot of their material in yeah. their library. So I was very picky with the escape hits I liked. Whereas mm. SWV, because they, I think they used more, a variety of different writers and producers. Okay. I actually yeah. gravitated to more of their songs. I still loved their Teddy Riley produced stuff right. the most, but they still like, yeah, yeah, over the same amount of albums. Say if you took their three biggest albums each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still more, I preferred the production and everything more on SWV's end than Escape, and I think it's because Jermaine Dupri was such a, a heavy-handed producer with them, so he made his mark on their music. Mm. And I didn't even think about because you know, as you say that, I didn't even think about that. And I I hearkened to one like hip hop album, like Nas's first album, Illmatic. Like he had so many different producers on there, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of what made it great yes. in terms of the the whole piece. Yeah. And it's interesting on the producer theme. It always seems that when we're having a conversation, it's like a premonition of a conversation I would have had like the week before. But on the weekend, <laughs> um, you know, it was, you know, 90s weekend, 90s slow jam weekend. And when I was like listening to like a Tony Braxton song, mm. it was like, okay, anybody could have sang this. Or like a, you know, like in terms of LaFace, like, yes. you know, uh, and, and it was like back then, who was it? LaFace, it was Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Yeah. And it was like, Teddy Riley, like, yeah. who else is out um, there in terms of the three? So, so well, Jermaine Dupri, yeah, um, Bad Boy produced Total, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You, and then you have Jean A. Like there were, and and then there were groups like say Jean A. and Envoque who used multiple That's like yeah. mm. producers, right? They didn't wasn't a particular sound. Yeah, they weren't mm. exactly. So I think that also colors the type of production. Right. So, you know, you you talk about Jean A, which I, I think they had maybe what one two albums. Good album though? No, well, they had bangers on had both. Two, yeah. yeah. Because I liked their second album. I, I still remember songs from it. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> can you think, um Shalise, can you think of another group that, you know, would be in the genre that, you know, we didn't kind of call out? Because we talked about Total yeah, a bit. Yeah, there's Total. I really loved um, Brownstone. I mm. thought they were a little bit underrated. Grapevine was a nice yes. song. They were belting it yeah. out in that song. Oh, yeah, and, and they could sing. Ooh, the they, last part of that song? Yeah. And they were produced by Michael Jackson, right? They were Michael Jackson. Really? Well, they he was he was the one that signed yeah. them, if I remember correctly. Mm. So there was a lot of expectations for them, yeah. too. Right? Yeah. Um, I loved Jade. Yeah, I was going to say Jade is another one. Mm. Don't Walk Away. They had a lot of great songs. They had a lot of great yeah. songs, but basically one album and then it was singles. Because the yeah. other thing, too, is what made... There were so many of these girl bands. Mm. So it was hard to have more than one yeah. single. And yeah, yeah. we're talking about the no- the notable ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's groups that ha- literally <clears throat> had one song, whether it was Good Girls, yeah. Black Girl, like all these little one-hit wonders. But yeah. if you played their song... You would swear, oh my gosh, like I really loved this song, but it was one song song they were known for. And one group, I was scrambling to look for it to bring in my first prop of the podcast, but I couldn't find it. Do you guys remember Mokin Steph? Yes. He's mine. Let me tell you something. That was my jam. That album, (laughs) y'all need to check that album. It's not on Spotify. That album. It was a great album. Bangs. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's definitely a good one. So I I think we kind of started talking about SWV because there was a certain song. <laughs> a bunch of songs. Yeah. yeah. A lot of <laughs> Shout out to, to Very Smart Brothers. But um, what, what, what is the song that we're talking about that is a song that would garner controversy probably today? All of them. You're the one. Yeah. yeah. Anything. Anything was a big one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, so how did they get away with this trifling, trifling yells? How did they get it? <laughs> I'm so into you. Yeah. Cheating yeah. It songs. always sounds yeah. like you're not, you know, like they're not into necessarily them, but they're going to change your mind. I'm going to change your mind and make you like me. 
that was so much the mo of their music. You didn't, you didn't uh, think? No, it's true. It, that 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 was their that was their jam. So how did that work for did. everybody? But I feel like <laughs> you put a nice. I feel like you put a nice beat on it. And people get lost in like it's the, smoothed out. It's smoothed yeah. out, right? Yeah. So you're not even really paying attention to what they're saying. And it was very tastefully written, where it wasn't like overt in your face, like, no, I'm gonna take your man, I'm gonna do this to him when I get him. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, very, you know, covert. But when you guys were listening to them, did you did you like clutch your pearls? No. no. Because the beat was you so got good. lost in the music. You didn't oh. even realize like that was the message. Until you get older, like, wait, we hold were, on. <laughs> I wasn't listening to the lyrics. Yeah. I was singing them, but I wasn't paying attention because the exactly. beat was good. And then, oh my gosh, a remix? It was even better. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Um, and, and I think, did you, right here, right? The uh, Human Nature mm-hmm. remix. Like, did you think that revived human nature or were people, did people listen to human nature and say, oh, this is good? Like, what what do you think happened? Did people go back to the Michael Jackson one? Well, listen, yeah. right here was a good song before that remix. Right, we'll right, right. We'll never remember it. Yeah, 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 the yeah. Re- Nobody remembers it. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, That would be a whole episode on remixes that obliterated the original song. Mm. That would be up there because can you remember the original? No. I even forgot that that wasn't the original. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> but Just it's saying, true. I forgot. Like, well, it's uh, you could say the same with Biggie and One More Chance. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. A lot of people don't yeah, know that original that. song. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, and, and you know, just on that piece in terms of the cheating chance, I mean, like when I was thinking about it, um, there's a song that, that was like a big tune in high school, Shirley Murdoch, As We Lay. As We Lay. And, and, I was, a woman. and I was like, this is a great song, but I'm like, this song realize. is so foul. I'm so conflicted right yes. now. And then Kelly Price did it again yeah. and made it popular oh, yeah, again. That's right. Yep. Um, so what happened then? So in the early 80s, late 70s, we would actually be like, oh, this is a song. But we, we stopped being subtle about it. And in the 90s, we were like, no, I'm going to take your man and not yeah. care. It seems like it was a little bit of a shift. Like, but even if we go back to the 70s, Billy Paul. I right. was listening to that on the weekend. Mrs. Jones. Yeah. Got a thing going it's on. It's always been And there. it's like it's smoothed out. Right. <laughs> and you don't realize like, wait, what? hold on. <laughs> when you actually sit and listen to it, you're like, oh. <laughs> but, but what happens if, you know, you got caught out there. And then that song comes on and your girlfriend looks at you. Right? So, (laughs) Well, maybe that's why, like, because the second part to what I wanted to look at was what happened to these girl bands? Because there's no, there aren't girl bands now. So did we... And it was, and honestly, I think it's like the common theme. I'd say 90% of girl bands that were popular then and are like nowhere to be found now it was that petty girl cattiness, I think, that has kind of pulled them apart. Interesting. Every girl group, you hear that there's some sort, there was some sort of drama. But mm. Destiny's Child was one of the last major ones, if you, you think about it. stole my thunder. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. it's good. I was thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is the last good one? And it, I was think it was Destiny's, Destiny's Child. Child. And they had their solo projects, and they still came back together, at least, you know, and they, they still support each other today. So if anything, but, I mean, if you, they broke the mold of women not being able to, to get along extent though because if you take it back and you look at the original members of Destiny's Child yes. there was drama with LaToya and Latasha I think they're yes. what their names I didn't and it even was, know they were part of Destiny's exactly yes. and it was them two versus Kelly and Beyonce okay. then they broke up and then it was just Kelly and Beyonce and then they brought in I think Michelle, it was Michelle. no before that they to- brought in Farrah and Michelle. They were both Farrah at the same Michelle. time. Oh, and then me. there was drama with Farrah. Then they kicked her out. The this group had. Yeah. Because yeah. The but they girl all kind get along now. Like they're to a certain to extent. A certain, and, well, Kelly and Beyonce. But I think, and Michelle still gets along with them. Yeah. But they, Latoya Luckett, I think, kind of buried the hatchet with them too. Yeah. Don't like, you think they kind of treat Michelle like the redheaded stepchild? Like, yes. They're like, yes. you don't look that fine and you they're can't like, sing that good. We'll but give we'll you one bar on this song. Yeah. That's well, all you get. We'll make sure you're still part of the fold. That's right. probably because, like you said, they were going through multiple iterations. They probably just wanted somebody they could control at that point. Yeah, yeah, we we need to get off this topic because if I start thinking about Calandria anymore, <laughs> oh, um, any any other ones? Oh, any other ones uh, 
that we could think of in terms of cheating jams. I, I, I can't really think of any. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot out there, and it's funny because my yeah. son now thinks of them, and he's like, there's "Did so you hear that?" <laughs> so like, yes, yeah. I know it's cringeworthy. Um, all right, so wanted to talk, Shalise, <laughs> for <laughs> there, we've you've been on here a couple of iterations now. Yeah, um, you had me shook with the Travis Kelce thing. To where I've kept on revisiting it. And I had to revisit it one more time. Because a certain individual um, has now gone off about Julian Edelman. And I, now that I look back and I look at their fantasy roster and I was like, why would they always draft Julian Edelman? Like, he's not the type of player. He's like a waiver guy, like yeah. to have matchup weeks. Why, you know? Yeah. So it finally got revealed. <laughs> That the same way you would risk it all for Travis Kelsey. Yep. The individual sitting next to you would risk it all for Julian Edelman. Um, should I give the audience a while? Just a second yeah, so let, they let can it soak in. Google. Yeah. And this, then once you Google it, let it soak this in. This little angry dwarf. Yeah. Like <laughs> who catches a lot of touchdown passes. He's a little rogue. Catches runner. a lot of touchdown passes. Literally. So You've talked and told us and taken us through the Travis Kelsey thing. Yeah. Um, you need to, here's your chance. I need to explain myself? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I need to then shout out Jesus and Mero because I saw, you know, Julian Edelman on his, on their show for the first time without a helmet on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Without Seems the beard. So many times with the helmet. So he looked cleaner. Mm-hmm. And um, and just the conversation they were having and knowing he grew up in the Bay Area, a light just, he just, I'm a sapiosexual, okay? So the way he was talking was wooing me. And it's in the back like, of my I mind, the fact that- I need to hear him speak because I never heard him put sentences together. <laughs> me neither. And in the back of my mind, the way he saved my roster a few times- that helped too. Okay, that helped too. I and I'm not a, a Patriots fan. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. But when I picked him, it was he was saving me. So to find out that he was kind of down, mm-hmm. and you know, there's because he's find, down. Li- there's a sign. You don't find there's a sign. <laughs> there's certain. There's certain white you guys, know he checks black chicks. There's a there's a sign when a white guy will check black chicks. There's a sign. I mean, I, I, I usually Sometimes am a signal. keen and, and I can recognize the certain, the certain, you know, thing that would say like, yeah, you, you like some sisters. But Julian Edelman, just I just don't get that vibe from him. Really? No. Well, you know, holler at me <laughs> and we can find out. <laughs> Julian, you heard. <laughs> Travis? <laughs> So why do you have an issue with Travis Kelsey? You don't you don't I have don't, an issue with the Chiefs the way like, I don't like the Chiefs. But you don't hate the them. Chiefs. Let really. me tell you something. I dated a girl and her second boyfriend worked for the Chiefs. Oh. And I think I'm still scarred from that cuz I'm like, you know, he went from that Mita. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody works in the Chiefs organization. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I'm still scarred from that one. You got personal. Um, yeah. yeah, I never really liked the Chiefs. Um, so do you, would you, would you say, I'll, I'll step back. Um, I, Shalice, you, mm-hmm. I know that I, I, I wouldn't even ask you, but you would go on record to say that you've never dated a white guy. I have never dated a white guy. I believe that right there. I mean, I won't do you get, want into to get into technicalities. Into the no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want you to get into reasons, and I don't want you to get into technicality of All what right. dating means. Okay. Had a big conversation this weekend about dating versus being in a relationship. Anyway, so have you dated white guys? Not since high school. I kind of even contemplated it. A little, maybe sorry, early early college. So probably before. Definitely. 17 would have been the last time. Okay, so Shalise, I know you wouldn't consider it, but would you consider it? I... There's so many qualifiers they would have to hit (laughs) for me to consider them. But I am open sometimes. Oh, Jesus. So... Like it's, it, I say I'm open, and yet I never cross through it. So just because I say mm-hmm. out loud I'm opening it, 
open to it, does it mean anybody who swipes on me, I'm actually going to follow through and... Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you being on Hinge... Why we do- got to put out, like, my apps? Like... <laughs> Just exposed her. Hard. You can beep that out, I guess. No, it's okay. (laughs) I'm using it as a case study to say if if you see a guy, is there a type of guy that you would then say, based on his profile, would you be able to tell if a white guy is into black girls or is there types of white guys? Not from the guys? profile, not as easily from the profile. Although certain ones, there are, there yeah. are certain, um, certain ones, they telegraph it, definitely. Certain ones. Based on what? Um, I think little words they might put in their, in their profile or the area. Or they'll telegraph it when they come into you, when they swipe on you, like, like if Just you're on all in their app. pictures, like yeah. their swag. Like there's a certain swag that it's going to sound funny, but it's a certain swag that a man has when he dates black girls. I'm just saying. They're going to want to let you know in some way, shape, or form if that's what they're Because look, you look at guys like Travis Kelsey. You know, he he likes black girls. His current girlfriend is black. Notice I said current because that could change. <laughs> Wait, he's not married? No. I thought he was married. No, he's dating this very beautiful black girl. Okay. Um, but... The way Travis presents himself, the way he dresses, his sweat, there's just something about him. Even the way he has his beard, like, if you heard him talk and, like, you would think he's a black guy. Like, there's just something about him. He has a certain swag that you're like, you down. You, you, like, you like the sisters. In the alternative, Robert De Niro. Not surprisingly <laughs> at all right. that he is down with the sisters. Oh, yeah. You know which one? Tukey Smith. Yeah. Um, Hightower. And all of them run up, run like, him up the on. The fact that I even know someone. Yeah, all of them run him up on, on breaks. But anyway, <laughs> he hasn't learned yet. Um, so, but you know which one surprised me? Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, but Dirk Nowitzki, I, I, he would. But then he got a certain, a certain attitude to him. Okay. That could only come from being with a black woman. <laughs> that part. <laughs> That's that because even if we're out socially, yeah, and you see a black, uh, like if we're at a a primarily black party, so mm-hmm. like um, a boat cruise, boat dance, whatever, social gathering, public, say three hundred people. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. there are white, if there's a black girl there with a white date or a white partner, there's a vibe, there's a look, there's a look, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, and they I, don't look like they didn't know how they got there. <laughs> They can actually dance. No, yeah. no disrespect to or white they boys can that don't fake it. them, but you know. <laughs> so, okay, and Chalice loves this topic um, in terms of you know black men who date outside their race. Mm-hmm. Um, given the fact that then you know for whatever reasons the pickings might be slim in terms of black men. And your preference being to date black men. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't consider it and you would consider it then. I say theoretically I would consider it. I have yet to actually do it. Right. I've made it maybe on one coffee date with a white guy. So you went further than me. But for me, <laughs> it was 20 minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes too long. No, but I'm, I mean, to each their own. Everybody is free to date who they want to date. It's whatever. But for Can I put me, that on record? <laughs> It put it on record. Everybody can date whoever they want. Okay. But for me, <laughs> I I just love black guys. Like, that's just my preference. And I feel like there are way too many black men in the spectrum of black men mm. for me to go outside and date someone else. Like, if one type of black guy is not my jam, I can find another type. You know what I mean? Like, the spectrum's so broad. So, I, I, I'm not going to... I'm not going to mention the... Uh, the, the podcast because I want them on my podcast one day. <laughs> um, but I was listening to one where they were talking about dating profiles and they were talking about black guys and dating profiles. Mm-hmm. And they said they can tell based on the black guy's dating profile if he dates white girls. I can, could agree. Really? Sometimes. I mean, some are blatant. It's the type of pictures. Sometimes they'll put. Because I, 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 okay, and I don't see the guy side. So, <clears throat> like, what is it? Because they dress preppy or just because? 
I mean, there's certain types, okay? So you'll... <laughs> Again. <laughs> there's some that are very... Pretty boy, model type guys um, that you can see them dating a white model type girl. Right. He's not going to date anything else other than that. Right. Very, very like high class. Yes. So I'm like, okay, I can see you date that. Okay. Um, And then you have some of these Caribbean men. (laughs) Are we talking about, okay, I'll let you finish. Yeah, some of these Caribbean men that um, you can see like, mm mm-hmm, yeah. You, you that type. Uh, you need to expound. We're on a podcast, so I. <laughs> you just have some, and and whether it be for papers or whether it be they just like a certain type of white woman, mm. but you can look at a certain Caribbean men and be like, mm, okay. okay. I just I don't know. It's just something about them when you look at them <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, I can see that. And it's usually, like, it's going to sound funny, but, like, it's usually they're really skinny, scrawny. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Caribbean men. (laughs) And they usually have a type of white woman that they like. Okay. Check this out next time you're looking. Okay, like, you'll see, like, it'll be, like, a real MAGA black man. Mm -hmm. And they tend to like a bigger, more voluptuous white lady. Mm. You tend to see that a lot. I don't know why, but... I've noticed that. No. Did you have thoughts on this? Or? <laughs> <laughs> hey, to each their own. Say that again. <laughs> no? They telegraph. They telegraph with their photos. Okay. Yep. Um, for example, and I'm, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, if I see shots on a patio, I'm going to think you might date white girls. See what? Like, you know that downtown yeah. patio shot? In, if that's in your profile... Oh. I'm going, I'm, mind you, you know, I have an investigative background for my job. So I'm looking <laughs> at the photos and I'm clues. looking at the story you're telling me with the photos. So if you're only showing me photos in fancy resort areas, that's going to telegraph something to me. Oh, uh, okay. Or right? you have photos and, and you're black and all of your friends are white. Yes, that's you absolutely white telling something. You mean in the group picture? Yeah, the yes. group pictures. <laughs> and all your friends are white. It's like, yeah, okay, you and, probably date white girls. Yeah, and here's another thing. The bathroom selfie, the shirtless bath, that telegraphs something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting that out there. Exception of the bathroom selfie. I feel so triggered. Um, and, and I... The whole social media thing, I, like I've been told on more than one occasion, I don't know who's listening to this, but that my, and, and not in terms of white girls and black girls, but okay. my Instagram, uh-huh. I know you're going to talk about my Instagram being okay. black girls and okay. I date white girls, but my Instagram rev- is seems to be like my alter ego. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like outside of the your Clark Kent with that shit, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can see it, yeah. And and when somebody mentioned it to me, I was like, I don't know if she's disappointed. Like, like she would say, you're nothing like your Instagram profile, and she wasn't like I said. It's almost even... like you're catfishing. <laughs> Interesting. That's right? actually a very good perspective. Yeah, well, because here's the thing. To no, no, we're sticking in this. One of the th- the biggest Sorry. things that kind of make it hard for me to date outside my race is I'm always going to have to guess. To, to, I have to extra qualify. Could this person be racist? Do they live yeah. in an area mm. that, yeah. mm, or, yeah. or if they say I grew up in, blah, blah, and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I cannot. No, no. So it's like, so when you already have to think that further ahead, I'm, right. and I'm lazy as I get older, dude, I just don't want to have to worry about, on top of it, Do are you a racist? Right. And on top of that, I don't want to have to, there's a certain level, level of comfort when you're dating within your race. Because right. there's certain nuances and things that you just know and you just get. Right. I don't want to have to explain to Edelman why I go to bed with a bonnet on. I don't want to have to explain, you know, certain things that when you're dating someone who is a part of your race, they just get because they've been exposed to that. You know, they may have a mother or a sister. Well, they obviously have a mother, but they may have a sister that they've seen do these things. And they're like, okay, this is this is normal to me. This is natural. But somebody who's not within your race, 
they might be taken aback, like, why do you do that? Like, what's up with that? And me having okay. to explain, like, okay, this is why we do this type of thing. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I get, and before I kind of put the question out there or an observation, I would say, Khadija, to your point, um, I would, you know, where you say, is this person racist or not? Yeah. For me, it's the actual inverse. I have literally ended conversations where somebody says, I don't see color. Yeah. Not realizing that that is a microaggression. And people thinking it's okay. And then yeah. them wanting pats on the back because yeah. they don't see color. And it's like, That's a problem what does that even mean? Itself. Yeah. And I was being lazy when I say, I don't want to guess if you're racist. I want, I don't want to, I'm not going to assume everybody on there that even approaches me as racist. I just don't want to have to guess if you're going to make racist microaggression microaggressions i don't want to worry right. about you stepping on landmines like saying i don't see color not interested i don't want you overqualifying. i don't want to be uncomfortable going to your parents house or your mm. relatives house and them looking at me like oh so then i i can't believe we're going tangential on this but anyway do you then believe it's possible for a black guy to date a white woman then who is down who yeah. understands the black experience, who might not be able to identify mm-hmm. or feel from an empathetic standpoint what mm-hmm. it is, but be able to understand. Yeah, but you have to put in the work. It's it's similar to that conversation we had about um, getting an invite to the barbecue, mm-hmm. to the cookout, right? Um, you can't just get a cookout because you get an invite to the cookout because you've got sweat. You have to put in work, right? So... Um, you're a white woman and you like to date black men, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know what you're getting into, right? Let's say you start a family. Like, mm-hmm. I, you need to put in effort. Like, are you... Because one thing I can't stand is, like, when there's, like, a interracial child born and they're walking around with their hair not done. Like, you need to put in work to understand that mm. black hair is different than white hair. Right. And you need to do some research, right, so that you can do the hair. I don't want to hear the excuse, well, I don't know how to do the hair and it's different. No, you chose that, so put in the work to understand and learn the culture, the hair, all these different things, right. right, that go along with that. So outside of the surface stuff, then the hair, Khadija, what would you say that a white woman have to do to put in the work to understand the cause I or think, to be down for the cause? I think I've met the odd white woman who has put in the work, um, even if they're not personal, like, friends of mine. I've mm-hmm. You know, I've met them through other people. Right. There are definitely... Um, white women who um, aren't performative with their allyship, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but finding them, that, that's not my job, right? So right. it's the finding, you know, and discernment of that from the ones who just want to get pat on the back. But even with family, checking your family members, check, the ones exactly. that are racist or mm-hmm. make those, you know, comments, checking them, stopping and saying, look, it's not acceptable. You can't say instead of letting it kind of slide like, oh, you know, she's like 70. That's what she, no. Yeah, or taking no. the path of least resistance, which, you know, a lot is what happens often I've seen. Like there's, it, there's been interracial relationships I've been around even with my own, within my own, you know, family where one culture is getting subverted or ignored or avoided versus the other, mm. right? Like, so, and that was, I think w- a lot more prevalent in the seventies and the early eighties mm-hmm. because it's, you know, they were the rebe- you know, their parents, those parents were the rebels then getting mm-hmm. together. Right. But, um, it's now not enough to have just gone down the road to date or to have a family. You, mm-hmm. you've got to want to put in the work, you know, you want you in, I think too, it's, I'm going to pay more attention to the white women who still connect or try to connect with the black women attached to the uh, black spouse that they yeah. have. Because uh, if you ignore the black women or feel competitive with them, then yeah, that's, that's an a, issue. That's a flag to me. Big red flag. So, but do you think, I want to be careful about this, but do you think it's almost, I don't want to say showing humility, but kind of understanding your place once you come into, the, as a white woman, once you come into that fold? with other black women again not not knowing your place but reverence to some point I can't or like speak what is to that all the different dynamics right they, there's different family dynamics there can be mm. black women who are not going to expect any kind of 
you know, yeah. like fealty. Yeah. But, and, and it doesn't mean that they, you know, that there's a visible power dynamic. Right. But I think that it's got, they've got to look like they want to form more connections than just with their men. Mm. Yes, because you're you're getting into a whole culture, and your your children need are a part of that culture. Yeah. Yeah. If I feel you are only invested in the man, if that relationship ends, what do you think is going to happen when you take your children and you go? Yeah, right. I've seen that's what a, yeah, exactly. It's a big you, thing. They lose that whole half of their culture because that person didn't try to form ties or you know with other members of the community or of mm. the family they only were focused on that spouse that partner yeah, in that they was were the everything yeah and you know as i as you were saying that and i was kind of looking back to you know my own experiences my family at the end of the day um they at the end of the day they were just like does this person take care of him and does this person make him happy like regardless of like the color right so mm-hmm. That was always a thing. But, you know, I would say that growing up, you know, I, I grew up in the Bahamas where it's like 80% black, 20% white. Yeah. So, but, you know, early on, I remember, <laughs> I was, I can't remember how young I was, but I remember we used to watch like, you know, the beauty pageants. Yeah. And, um, you know, I would always root for a certain look. And then, you know, my older sister finally called me. <laughs> She's like, because I was always like picking the light-skinned girls. Yeah. Now to that point, I never dated white girls or whatever like that. And she was like, she turned around and was like, you really like white women? <laughs> I was like, what is happening right now? And I was like, what are you talking about? She's not white. She's like, no, you like white women. Yeah. So that was the kind of thing to where nobody, I guess, was surprised at that point. Right. Yeah. So um, it's just interesting from that point. And, you know, we had a, a conversation about light skinned boys being played out. <laughs> like, I remember, though, when I was in high school, you know, the person that I was dating was like, yeah, I'm dating you because I wouldn't date anybody a darker complexion. Mm. Right. So it yeah. had to be the same complexion as her or a lighter. Yeah. But then something happened in the 90s to where we got played out like Kwame's polka dots. Because y'all came across as being soft. No <laughs> and then I was That's just Christopher like, Williams' fault. Oh. And I'll be sure. <laughs> and I was just like, what? what how? And then it was all about like Wesley and, you know, all the Right, because that was 92. <laughs> that was like... New Jack, Jack City. City. Yes. Christopher Williams <laughs> yep. took the L for all team all light, light skin. skin. <laughs> Into perpetuity. Uh, yep. And but- it's because Nino Brown said it. But you know what I found interesting, though? Um, Because, I mean, that was the height of Afrocentricity. There were black guys who were perpetrating pretty hard. They would go and look for the darkest girl to date just Mm -hmm. to say, you know, look how black I am. But on the down low, they were having sex with white girls. Like, Wasn't uh, School Days touching a bit on that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. Julian was a bit like that. So, um, uh, so but you now know, it's it, acceptable. Say again. I said, but nowadays it's like acceptable. It's it's more. I feel like it's more acceptable. It's more tolerated for black men to date white women as opposed to black women dating white men. Yeah, yeah. like a Jody Smith Turner and. Like, she got a lot of flack when she got yeah. with PC from mm-hmm. Dawson's Creek. And the thing about it is, like, I'm not going to lie. When I see a black girl, a black woman with a white guy, I always look at him and be like, like, kind of, like, you know, or it's like, really? yeah, he better be handsome kind of thing. Because if he's not, it'd be like, and see, why you are you see with the him? differences, though? People don't do that to black guys. It's they can be with, you know, and I don't want to call anybody ugly, but he could be with an ugly white woman. And, they, and it's like, meh. But the minute you see Omari Hardwick. Yeah, oh, that. Perfect example. That situation. He's fine as hell. <laughs> and, and his wife is, is, then he gets flack for it all the time. But I mean, it's more tolerated, it's more acceptable. But like you just said, if a black, people feel like if a black woman is going to date outside of race and date a white man, it's like, oh, he better be rich. He better be fine. He better be right. like top of the top. Serena's husband is dreamy. I mean, That's I wouldn't go that far. Right now. <laughs> but he grew on me. Just 
watching him with their daughter. What grew her. on me with him was his actions. Yes, not his necessarily actions what he looked like. Words. He was perfect for standing up for the cause. Mm. He gave up his seat and said, I want a black person to be in this role. Right, you right, know what right. I mean? So things like that, it's like, okay. Yeah, but I, I would disagree with you with the black guys looking at like black guys with white girls. Yeah. Because if I see a black dude with a white girl and she ain't fine, I would look at her and be like, dude, you risking it all, really? <laughs> like, I, I just say Not to the same degree as no. black women, man. Not to the same degree. Mm. And then we get looked at. It's, it's become such a norm now right. to see a black man with a white woman. But it's not as normal when you see a black, a black woman walking around with a white man. Yep. It really is not. We're expected we to get be flat. loyal. Yes. We are expected to be loyal, loyal to the everything, race. Yes. to the culture, to the race. Mm-hmm. And um, so already, and we're expected to stand by your man. We get so much flack. Like yeah. if you see a black woman with a white woman, believe me, she's getting flack for it. Because like, you know, Khadija said, we are expected to be that backbone. Right. Like we have to support black men, but we don't necessarily get that same support in return. And you're supposed to be the ones who procreate the race and carry on so it being mother's day then i won't put your chair name out in the street (laughs) but rollo came home yeah (laughs) with a white woman i mean at the end of the day any parent just wants the best for their child they want to make sure that they're happy Mm -hmm. so if whoever you know if whoever he's with if albeit black or white if that person makes him happy more power to you. Do I have a preference? Would I prefer for him to be with a black woman? Of course. Mm. But it is what it is. It's his life. As long as he's happy, then that's what it is. As long as he is not anti-black women. Mm. Yeah, that is extremely Mm. important to me. Mm. I am fine with him loving whoever he loves, but it cannot be because he does not find black women attractive or he thinks that they are not, you know, good enough for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Okay. Um, that's a great topic. Oh, and Go ahead. I'd like to shout out your mom. She she created you. Raised a great man. She raised oh, a great Lord. man. So. She did. Um, thank you very much. Just take the love and appreciate it. Okay, yeah, thanks. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but my older sister, who called me out on that crap, mm-hmm. um, you know, my mom died when I was 17. I'm 52 now. My older sister... Love her to death. She's been my mom. As a matter of fact, um, I, I tell the story often that when I was, when I was from where I was, I, from born to when I was about three or maybe one or two, mm-hmm. my sister, who is 10 years older than me, spent so much time raising me that my mother decided to come out of the workforce mm-hmm. when I started calling my sister mom. Mm. So my sister had to grow up early. Yeah. You know, in Toronto, coming from the Bahamas at 10, 11, yeah. 12, 13 to raise me. Yeah. Right? And we've always had that affinity. We've always had that closeness. Mm-hmm. And she is the only person in my life that I have never raised my voice to mm-hmm. or said no if she yeah. tells me to do something. Um, to which, you know, women then look and say, show me the power the magic elixir <laughs> to make this man behave. <laughs> like, <laughs> and she's like, I'm the only one with the power. Right. So, but she would do, she would, uh, you know, as opposed to coming at me, you know, because she knows I don't react to somebody coming yeah, at me and I'll okay. turtle. She will just say, you know, here's what I think you should do. Here is the expectation. And then she just leaves it out there in the ether. Yeah. And lets me sit in my uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I just, I don't acknowledge that she was right. I just make the decision. Right. And then she kind of goes from there. So she knows kind of, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the, the, the pieces to, to push. Um, all right. So thank you. Uh, great conversation. So um, I want to talk about Malcolm and Marie. Um, and I was literally having this conversation with Diara actually oh, okay. uh, this morning. Um, but we were talking about something else, and we kind of circled back because we were talking about John David Washington. Mm. Um, so uh, this movie to say that this movie is triggering is an understatement. Yeah. Um, I I know somebody who stayed away from this movie just because for 
peripheral reasons having trigger, triggered, you know, from it. And I was like, no, let's sit down and watch it. Yeah. So we sat down and watched it. And then she's like, actually, this was actually Enjoyed a really it. good movie. Like, it resonated. Like, I've seen and I felt that. Yeah. So um, I, I, I wanted to, I, I'm not going to insert my commentary yet. Okay. I want to hear your thoughts mm-hmm. um, in terms of the movie. Um, and Khadija, I know you said you kind of remember some stuff. No, I, I'll, I'll be okay. I, I, I don't know if, okay. I don't, I don't know if it's like trauma that then you just purge it out of your head. No, I'm sure uh, Shalisa <laughs> will trigger stuff that I want to comment on. So, um, you know, why don't you talk about why the movie resonated with you and, and why you enjoyed it so much? Yeah. Um, you know, as you said, it, it was definitely triggering. Like it was definitely triggering. So I think, you know, once you kind of got past that mm. or were able to sit with that uncomfortableness of all of that. Um, you know, it was it was a deep movie. It was deep in the sense that they had this really weird codependency on each other. Toxic codependency. Yeah, it was really toxic. And they needed that. Like, they fed off of each other. Mm. And it was really, it was toxic. But... It unveiled so many different things about each of them, right? Mm. Uh, the cinematography was great in it. Oh, my gosh. Um, the fact that it was filmed in black and white was amazing. The music was amazing. There was just there was just so much there that just made me fall in love with it. But, yeah, yeah it, uh, it, was, it was toxic. It was triggering. How many times have you seen it? I'd seen it twice. Okay. Yeah. I think I've seen it four times. Yeah. Holy. I'm going to watch I, it again tonight now. <laughs> I, I, there's always something else. Something new to There's learn. always something else new that I see in there. Yeah. From a, from a cinematography perspective, not from a mm. dialogue perspective. Doesn't it um, feel like you're pulling off the Band-Aid over and over again? Though? No. Um, it would have if I wasn't comfortable in my feelings. Yeah. Good point. All right? Mm-hmm. But because I'm comfortable in my feelings in terms of knowing and acknowledging of that's how I was and how I've been and how I've been in relationships. Mm-hmm. Because the thing the thing for that movie for me personally was I, I had already known, I like I guess in my terms of my journey of kind of self-healing and understanding what are the things that I did wrong in my relationships, I went to a point where I started over-indexing to where it was like everything was my fault. Mm. And then I had to kind of come back to the center, right? So because I've, you know, because it was a situation where I was like, okay, sometimes it's my fault, sometimes it's their fault, sometimes it's the stuff that happens. When I saw it, I was like, this is crazy because, you know, I I would say I've been in probably four long-term relationships since I've been divorced, Mm -hmm. but there are elements in it that was like, Oh, yeah, I've had this argument. I've said those things. This has been the situation. This has been the situation. So for me, it was yeah. like, wow, I can't even say that it's been those four people. It's been me right. that's been that. So it, it was cathartic from mm-hmm. that standpoint. But if I was still in denial, then yeah. I probably would have put it down and just like said, okay, that's a bunch of bunk or, ooh, that was interesting. But again, I have learned to live in my uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm. Um because that kind of helps me to to grow and say if I notice it, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kind of go there, right? And it's always different looking at it from the outside in, right? Like mm-hmm. when you're in it and you recognize those behaviors, it's like you're in the heat of it. You know, that's what you do. That's how you yeah. react to things. When you take a step back and you're looking at it, and someone else is in it, and you're like, damn. Is that how I was? Like, that's yeah. And, yeah. And I think that's why I struggle with re-watching it. There was, when I first watched it, I was like, I got to watch it again and again and again. <laughs> and I'll probably go back and watch it yeah. now because I, I probably just left it emotionally. Yeah, yeah. But one of the things that I keep coming back to is I look at that situationally and I'm like, could I come back from that? Mm. And I keep coming back to no. Mm. I don't know that I could. Yeah, I don't. And then I'm. And then I. I get introspective. Like, is it? Is this why I'm single forever? Because I couldn't come back from right. that. Yeah. Is it? You know. And is this ego or is this self love? Because 
I, I, I struggled with both while watching her because I completely got how she felt. Right. But I also wanted her to like, well, own it, like, mm. and, and do something with it. And yet I was very, I was fine with not knowing in the end what ended up happening. Yeah. What, what do you think? Do you think they stayed together? I think she leaves. I think they stay together. Yeah. Um, and and for you, saying that you wouldn't come back once things were said. I hope she leaves is probably what I should be saying. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, in my mind, in my heart, yeah. I hope she leaves hope because she. she's not being fed at that table. And she doesn't. Yeah. And I don't think she ever will be. Mm-hmm. That and, and that's what was triggering me was that I knew what... She was struggling with, yeah. and I don't feel he can give that to her. That's not their dynamic. Right. Mm. But, again, I, I think, yeah, you wouldn't be able to come back from that because um, in the immortal words of young Donovan, words matter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he dropped that on you that day. Holy fuck. Um, so <laughs> it's like the Padawan becomes the Jedi. Okay. Um, so I, I, I think for me... I, I was fascinated that the movie, first of all, was shot in 17 days. Yeah. Um, I, I I think Sam Levinson does a great job in Euphoria. Yeah. Um, and I think the way that he shot the movie, um, I don't know if you notice with the movie is like, even though it's in one house, the dynamics, the power dynamics of their relationship in terms of the arguments, yeah. it's like, it one shifts. one up, then one up. Yeah. But what he does is they're always in the same frame. Yeah. But whoever has the dominant hand at that point is um was the one like he would have the the one who was holding the, the power would be in the it's foreground certain, yeah. and the other one would be in the background. So yeah. he would always do you this switching. Yeah. Um but I mean when you know we had we had talked I don't know if it was with you and I when we were talking about when a woman's done, like done yeah. with a guy. Yeah. When she said to him, when he's on his knees and she said, you want salted or unsalted butter? Right. I was like, bro. Well, then. She is not, she's not even thinking about her feminine wilds anymore at that point. And I would say that, you know, like when he's eating his macaroni (laughs) and he's, you know, he doesn't take his tie off, which is weird. He's like flips it over and he's grunting while he's eating the macaroni right. and screaming at her. And I was like, did they intentionally want to make him a man child? Mm. Because there were like, he had major separation anxiety issues. Like when she just went outside to pee, yeah. he was like, Marie, right. Marie, yeah. right? When she he woke up in the morning, Marie, Marie. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, I, I think the movie... You know, when I when I kind of saw it the first time, I went on Clubhouse all weekend and listened to everything that everybody said. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started like going out to my friends and I'm like, you need to watch this. You need to watch this. You need to watch this. And some people were like, I, uh, 10 minutes in, they were I like, I can't, I can't watch it. But I think it's a certain personality of people that avoids conflict. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they just don't want to have those conversations or... Yeah. They're, they might be in marriages that are like that. Are like that. Not yeah. necessarily like that, but nobody, they don't fight like that. Yeah, yeah. And they can't even fathom how a relationship like that could exist. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I, I think it was a really good movie. Anyway. Yeah, it was good. Um, so I, I, I wanted, the, the last thing I wanted to talk about in our last five minutes. Um, I wanted to talk about, I was... I was having a conversation with somebody as it relates to the type of guys that they date. This Mm -hmm. is somebody who is in their late 40s. And they said, well, the kind of type of guys that I date, it it isn't really a type. I don't really have a type. I've dated guys who are 300 pounds, but I've dated bodybuilder type guys. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. Like from a guy, I'm saying that's kind of weird because I'm usually with guys we... start dating girls based on looks Mm -hmm. and I would say for me I still lead with dating a girl based on looks but my tolerance level (laughs) isn't as high as it used to be to where I'd be like you know hey yeah no I'm Mm -hmm. out right I'm not gonna sit there and say but she fine though like Mm -hmm. so for you Shalise would you say that the evolution there's been an evolution in terms of you know how you choose your men yeah. or 
you know, is there some consistency? Um, I definitely think there's an evolution. I yeah. think um, in my younger years, when I was in, you know, my 20s, um, I was, you know, obviously looking for, I want that guy who's fine. Like, that's all I cared about. Because mm. at that stage of my life, I wasn't thinking about the fear. I wasn't thinking about a family. I wasn't thinking about getting married, kids, um, you know, being financially stable, none right. of those things, right? So I was just like, oh, he's fine, and I'm trying to be with him and trying to get some, and oh, that was Lord. it, right? Um, but I find as you get older, that changes. There's a bit of a shift, right? Because mm. you're now starting to think about um, different things. You're trying to think about, you know, I, I want to get married or I want to have children. Mm. Um, you know, I want to invest. I want somebody who is financially stable, emotionally stable. Um, so... Where it was all about looks, that starts to change. And you start looking for someone who has those other things and qualities that you want. So you would say, so I would, I shouldn't be surprised if I see you end up looking with an average looking dude? Is yeah, what you don't say? be surprised. Okay. I, mean, I mean, because obviously there has to be an attraction to someone, mm -hmm. right? In order for you to start talking to them. That attraction can leave very quickly after a few conversations and you're like, okay, there's nothing upstairs. Right. I'm done. Um, whereas when you were younger, it didn't matter if there was anything upstairs. It was like, you fine and that's all that I need. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you might find somebody now and you're older who is average looking but has everything else you're looking for. Right. Right? And you're willing to make that compromise. You know, as you get older, there's the, the compromises, the shifts that happen and, and I think that's okay, right? Depending on what you're looking for. Okay. So, Khadija, you had mentioned earlier that you are a sapiosexual. For those who don't know what it is, you might want to explain it. I'm told that it's um, people who are attracted to someone's intelligence. Mm -hmm. And for me, that translates through conversation and personality. So, it you basically have to talk your way into my attraction levels. Mm. So, with that being said, you would, if you met a guy that you then had great intellectual stimulation with, and he's average. Then the personality has to carry me. Okay. And would there be anything else that you would look for? Just if he can carry a conversation? No, no, it's not. It's it's actually, that's too simplistic. Right. And, that, and, and that's what I was trying to Yeah, no, I would say it's, it, it comes down. I'm looking for compatibility. Mm. I, your looks makes no difference to me because if I can't stand you because we don't get along, <laughs> what the hell is the looks are going to do for me? Yeah. Right. You know, you look cute, but I can't, I want to punch you in your throat. No. Right. Like every time you open your mouth. No. No, it's just not going to feel on me. Right. <laughs> right. Why do you wake up in the morning and choose violence? I don't want to understand. Much like you do. Oh. <laughs> I didn't say it. Just saying. Lisa. Listen, there's times where he wakes up and like he chooses violence and like you'll say something and then his response, you're just like, whoa, whoa. Like, well, me? Y'all really having a conversation <laughs> like I'm not here right now. <laughs> you're just like, okay. See? I never had to deal with you in that kind of... Uh, okay, this is a perfect time to end this. Um, any closing thoughts? Actually, did you watch Did you watch last week or no? It's okay if you didn't. No, I haven't yet. Okay, so we had talked about ethical cheating and pick me girls. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know is in your wheelhouse. Um, it's a wheelhouse I study and from a distance. It's not my wheelhouse. A distance. No, I'm not saying it was wheelhouse like you're a pick-me-girl or yeah. you're into ethical cheating, but yeah. did you have any thoughts on, on those? On ethical cheating? Just, yeah, they could be quick hitters, but oh, I just wanted I, to give you an opportunity. Of, if, is there ethical cheating? Well, I guess it's true polyamory would be the same as ethical. Well, mm. no, because what we were saying is if you're dating a guy and a guy says to you, Hey, just FYI, I'm going to cheat. He's telling you he's going to cheat. No, but we're dating. If we're just dating. You're in a cheating. relationship. Oh, yeah. Like he tells me in our relationship yeah, he's like, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's his thing. That's his decision? Yeah. That's his thing. And some women are okay with it. That's where we were going. They feel of, like they're okay uh, with it because he's being ethical in the sense that he's come to you. And I mean, y'all would have to work that out. But No, like it, if, if, if it's negotiable for them, it has to be negotiable for me. Because I'm all about equity. Okay. And we know your obsession with pygmy girls, so. 
Obsession with them. They fascinate me, but no. It's kind of the same thing. Anyway, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to let you off the hook with that. Um, so this was uh, another great week. Um, thank you very much for joining. Um, and Chalice, I know, like I said, thank you very much. I know that, you know, you, you dragged yourself out here, but I Tired really, I really appreciate it. Um, any closing thoughts from either of you? Um, no. No. Okay, good. So you're not going to shout out Travis Kelsey and say, like, you got next? Listen, I already said, you know, he right currently he's in a relationship. But, but I mean, Travis, things don't work out. All right. I'd, I'd be willing to risk it all for you. No, this is turning into a video <laughs> dating service. Um, all right. So for another week, we're signing off. Uh, 1990 Studios, the where it's at. Hey, Chris, I was told that I can't call you Jamie anymore. So, because, you know, um, just want to say thank you. I don't know if you noticed, but I went on on Instagram and now all your locations are tagged. So, tagged all your locations. I got you, man. Um, so, uh, for another week, uh, signing off. See y'all later. Bye.